Why can't I hear you guys? Hello? I can't hear anybody anymore. So I don't know what to do. You guys don't have to be quiet anymore. You can talk. Can you guys hear me? Hello? <laughs> Where did you guys go? everyone and welcome to May We Geek Again, episode 36. Uh, we are covering the 100 today, uh, season 4, episodes 7 through 9. Today I am joined by Shaheen. Hey. Hey. Well, Shaheen and I are joined by Bubs. There we go. Hey. Hey. Um, hey, Bubs. Sorry, this is always going to be a disaster, no matter how many times I do this. Um, you can find... Well, See, we always have this. You can find us. I, I should probably change this because you've already found us. But you can go to maywegeekagain.com, which will take you to our new SoundCloud page. Um, we're still on Podbean a little bit, but we're going to start phasing that out. You can come yell at us um, on Twitter. Uh, you can yell at us on Reddit. You can yell at us in so many different places. Um, so <laughs> I guess come do that, maybe. I don't know. Um, hello, guys. Are you are you excited and so jazzed to, to be here? Extremely jazzed. Yep. Do you? Jazzed I, yes, Shaheen. I realized that you guys don't need me, so I, you know, I hope I, I hope I have something good to say, so you keep me on the podcast. <laughs> what? Why do we need you? You're like the whole like like uh, gimmick of our podcast. Yeah, like, I can't I carry this gimmick thing on jokes. I mean, you say that, but like, yeah, you guys can just yeah. You're the one who has no, like, you bring birthday it. parties and like a social life. And you're like, I've got shit. <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't. So, I mean, last <laughs> last episode was awesome. That's what I'm trying to say. Last episode. Oh, that was so, so sweet. That, but hey, that's we nice. Need our TV. You were irreplaceable, Shaheen. Oh, thank you. Yes. Yeah. Um. Well, that was nice. Um. What's everyone? <laughs> what's everyone's poison today? Um, I'm having a riesling. It's called Kung Fu Girl that my dad bought for me. That's nice. Isn't that Are nice? You, it's really good. You're Riesling? No. I I mean, I just had um, brunch. I had like French toast, so I'm good. <laughs> not not your... Or did you, did you want me to talk about my coughs? Or... <laughs> That's some kind of poison. <laughs> um, so we're, we're coasting on the tail end of the cough syrup and ramping up uh, on the hill of, of Riesling is what you're saying. Yes. Uh, yes. And Shaheen, should we just assume your usual? Uh, yeah, my poison is inhalable. Uh, yeah. But okay. I'm also drinking the cloud some. Front. What? The cloud. The front. cloud. Front. Yes. Yes. Cloud. cloud. But I'm, I'm also yeah, cloud computer. <laughs> I'm also uh, <laughs> drinking some beautiful, wonderful Earl Grey tea that I 
that I brew mm. the Iranian way. Oh, not the microwave. What is what no. is the Iranian way? Uh, you basically steam it. So it's loose leaf tea and then you pour water, hot water on it and then you steam it. Um, so the brewing, basically the, the time that you call brewing, that's like the time that you wait for it to brew. Uh-huh. During that time, it's on constant temperatures. There's... There's a, a kettle underneath that. So you don't you don't um, steep it like they're not being soaked in water. They they're just having steam pass through the leaves. They are the tea leaves. It's loose leaf, and it's in hot water mm-hmm. in a in a teapot. And then the teapot is on top of a kettle, and the kettle is you know boiling. So you have to have like a kettle that has a foiling handle. Um, which what would you say? Sometimes it's not easy to come by. Um, in America, this is complicated. Why is it um, superior? Why is why is the why do you find this to be a superior? It just method? tastes. It just tastes totally different. Um, I mean, you have to you have to try. Okay, um, you'll probably not like tea bag ever again. But I'll but, still uh, make it in the microwave with a tea bag because I'm lazy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. Um, Speaking of which, happy Nooruz, everyone. It's um, what. Happy Nowruz, the Persian New Ooh, Year. Oh, happy Persian New Year, Shaheen. What, yeah. Is there like a, ah. a specific food that you get to eat? Uh, yeah, but I didn't eat it. And there was a party last night that I didn't go to because I was preparing for the fucking podcast that for some reason I did. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. Don't blame your social no. anxiety and not wanting to see people on the podcast. You own that yeah. shit because that is the life that I live as well. Yeah, and, and I was like, yeah, I have stuff to do. And my friend is like, all right, I hope you're okay. And I was like, no, dude, I really have stuff to do. I mean, but yeah. Anyway, I have to hang out with my cat and watch The 100. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which, like, yeah, all right. Um well, cool. Uh, I guess we should probably get into the episode. Um, well, actually, so we'll talk about the episodes that we're gonna we're gonna talk about, uh, and then we'll actually talk about the trailer a little bit. We were not one of the podcasts that had our shit together and immediately recorded a trailer reactions podcast. Uh, if you want a four hour long um, analysis of the podcast with special guest Selena Wilkin from Hypable, um, you can check out Meta Stations' uh, four hour analysis of the trailer. Um, <laughs> I like how there's over an hour per minute of the trailer. Like I, I cannot appreciate the extra of it. Like more. I, like, and there's no way that I, I could. Like, we're just gonna we'll we'll cover this in a couple minutes uh, and move along. Um, but yeah, no. If you really want a deep dive, by all means, uh, give them a listen. Um, the episodes we are going to talk about today is 407, Gimme Shelter, uh, written by Terry Hughes, Burton, and Ron Milbauer. Uh, 408, God Complex, written by Lauren Muir. Um, and 409, DNR, uh, by Miranda Kwok. Um, so we'll, we'll get into those, uh, shortly after we sort of discuss the trailer that's sort of dropped, um, with some cryptic sort of hints last week. And then we also got this like art school kind of trailer that came out, what is it, earlier this week? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So Shaheen, what were your thoughts on the, on the official, official trailer? Uh, Well, I thought maybe you could go into your whole aliens thing first. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to just see like 
the stuff that I saw on the screen, but you had like a deep analysis. So. Um, I, yeah, I, I might also get into this on the predictions pod that we have coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, but basically, uh, if you want to go to our Twitter, you can try and find, um, I did a whole like 10, no, like 12 or 13 tweet thread about, um, I believe that the hundred season five, well, A, it would be amazing if they did like any kind of thing with, um, sort of any sort of extraterrestrial stuff, but just visually um, and sort of thematically, there are a lot of similarities between what the hundred is, is sort of what we know about it and some of the shots that they've done uh, that were shown in the trailer and the alien movie franchises um, or franchise uh, mm-hmm. and stuff with like Maddie and Clark being basically like Ripley and Newt um, or Newt and Ripley uh, in Aliens, like this sort of like found motherhood sort of thing of like this little urchin child um, that, you know, managed to survive this, you know, horrible fate. Um, Technically, I guess the uh, Elegious crew, um, including uh, Dioza, they're kind of technically sort of aliens. Like they are not, you know, from... Like they, they have come from space um, and uh, Ripley also has to fight this like pregnant queen alien and Dio's is pregnant. Um, <laughs> oh my God. I never there made was that, that There was that chest burster um, sort of weird. Well, we, we didn't know if it was a chest burster, but there was something in the trailer where like, there's like this thing crawling around under their skin. And I posted a link to an image uh, from the original alien movie with that famous chest burster scene, but it was like filmed at a very similar angle. Um, basically there's a lot of, there's a lot that can sort Sorry, of, can we go back to the pregnant thing? Yeah. What was that what? about again? So, so in aliens, yeah, how do we find out about, uh, it was mentioned that the actress, uh, uh, who's playing Dioza is pregnant. And so her character is also pregnant. Um, and so this was like this whole, like, it, Jason Rothenberg, I think, had mentioned it before and all that sort of stuff. Um, but basically in Aliens, the sequel, where there's this sort of like like whole theme of motherhood, um, which, you know, they've been talking a lot about with Clark versus Maddie and Clark, you know, and Abby and how that's all going to relate. Um, Ripley is protecting Newt, who she found, who, who like survived on this like little colony. Um, and then she also has to like fight the, al- the, the queen alien who like has this giantly long, I don't know, the insectual name for it but like basically wherever the little like eggs are you know moving through her system and then pooped out um you know in this room um so you know one could argue that you know she is fertile and pregnant and ripley has to fight her um and then you know clark is going to be going up against this you know alien queen leader you know for using a loose sort of definition of it uh in dioza assuming that there is conflict between them like we you know but anyway so was she frozen pregnant or like went into sleep pregnant? Is that the idea? I don't know. Or maybe she has since become pregnant since they woke up. We don't know like when they were on. We, we don't know shit about shit. Uh-huh. And we can't trust yeah, the I mean, trailer. I, it had, it had to have happened like in, on Mars. <laughs> Where did they go? Yeah. Like we don't, we don't know, which is why, like, maybe they brought something back with them. I'm just saying. It, it's a demon baby. It's a demon. It's Rosemary's baby and aliens. Um, I am excited that we're that we're probably, you know, pretty much have instant confirmation. There will be, like, cannibalism in the bunker. Um, <laughs> that seems like some cool shit. Um, Bubs, your note here is just Ron Swanson giddy laughter. <laughs> 
I also it, we waited for so long for this fucking trailer. Um, and I, I, I know that I said that with, like, desperation, but I was not one of the people hassling the actors and the writers and everyone for the trailer. Like, just Although popping I into to people's be. mentions being, but like, like So we waited so long. So at a certain point, I was like, there is no way that this trailer is going to be able to live up to what I've, like, imagined for it in my head. Um, so when the trailer and dropped. Well, yeah. Like, so it dropped and I was at work. And, I was, and it, it's been, like, really hectic at work. So I had to, like, I went and immediately got my lunch. And, like, pretended to be eating lunch so that I could watch this. <laughs> and it totally looked – I, like, I was so thrilled by everything that I saw. And I, I really can't explain, like, how shocked I was that it lived up to every single hype. Um, it was good. It was really good. The show looks better, too. Like, just the show itself. Like, it, it looks way more oh, high shit. budget, I think, than it is. It was really just – like, I, I always struggle with how much plot we have, but I thought, like, at least in the trailer, it looked like there's, like, a lot of fun stuff going on, but there's still, like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm really excited for this season. It, it Like, it looks like it could be sort of, like, you can't, like, I don't trust the trailer because there were some very obvious, like, deceptive editing bits. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But I also think that, like, the stuff that we did see, like, was just, like, a really nice taste. But at the same time, they've already finished filming everything. So, like, we might even be seeing something, like, there was the the theory posited, I can't remember, somebody, um, that that, like, final shot, oh, the shot of the cryopods was also mirrored in Aliens, but that's a separate issue, um, <laughs> that the cryopods was not actually possibly the Elegious crew coming unfrozen, but actually is from the very end of the show possibly that they are sending people in the Elegious ship elsewhere like that that's going to be like the finale of season five um you know uh, I, you know and and that to me i'm like well that also could be reasonable i don't know i don't fucking know with this show um well, so yeah, i mean just I, a lot of misdirection I pr- i'm pretty like. much sure we didn't see anything beyond um episode seven ish like beyond the mid season i don't think they made that mistake with with season three um and i think since then they don't do that you don't think think they could like get around it by just lying about the context um i thought that they told us that it was from a stretch of episodes like no farther than i want to say six or eight I mean, yeah, okay. I mean, the first minute of the trailer is basically episode one. Uh, Clark lost contact with Bellamy and, you know, she thought she was going to die. And she but she never had her. contact. She never, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, so, and then she finds finds the little girl and finds the patch of land. Then the prisoners come. Okay. So that's, that's <laughs> fine. Um Right, that's probably episode one and two, one, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, there's a lot of war. <laughs> so it seems like there's, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure who the factions are. Um, maybe I'm, you know, I haven't watched the, the trailer like 53 times, but. Um, <laughs> not to low key shade anyone in the family, <laughs> but. <laughs> but, you know, um, no, that's awesome. I mean, that kind of, I, I wish I had the the stamina to do that and like I, I used to do that <laughs> so i used like to like look at all the like clans and research what clans 
you know, these are and whatever. Anyway, so. Um, but now you have a cat, yeah. so, you know, your attention. You're a dad now. You got to, you know, change your priorities a little. But you wouldn't give it up for anything. It's, like it's it changed really, you. You know, when she looks up at you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe I'll do that. It's I mean, you, I'm, you I'm not man. really out. You know, I just, uh, just I've been, yeah. So, um, yeah. anyway, so I'm not sure who the factions are. But uh, it seems like there's infighting in the bunker, and then there's also fighting on the ground. Um, and then, uh, so there's a part, so there's and then I think then it goes, it starts getting into the misdirections and stuff. Like there's that scene where they're like, there's a group of people who want to cross the desert, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is that what you're talking yep. about? Or are you talking about that scene where there's a lot of people on the ground and Oh, just like there, like there was a scene with like Octavia. Well, they they initially made it look like Octavia and Bellamy, but then like there was a weird cut with it, and like there's just like a lot of like very sudden, very you know, like sort of uh, flashy cuts uh-huh. that happen. But like, I mean, we'll get our answers soon. What did you did you like the trailer like overall? Uh, oh yeah, it's awesome. Oh, thirty shit, days. Thirty days. Uh-huh. Twenty. Oh, damn. The countdown begins. Yeah. Begins. <laughs> but yeah, so do you do you know that Has part been. where it's like there's the, they say there's a group of people who want to cross the desert and they're like this is crazy, um, yeah. and so what is that about? Is there? A- I think that um, <laughs> I think where Polis is and everyone in the bunker, there's uh-huh. a stretch of desert between them and Eden, so it's about. That would make sense. Clark has to like lead them through, which is like very biblical. So Clark is Moses. Um, So that's, I mean, that's my understanding. And because we see like, we see Clark go through the desert. I think like she had to make that exact same journey by herself. Um, Yeah. I mean, I also think that like, if we like the show, especially in that the second trailer that we got, like with the two snakes, like in the Garden of Eden and stuff like that, like, you know, if we are uh-huh. getting into biblical Old Testament shit, um, you know, the Moses thing of leading her people, you know, into the promised land just is not surprising. Yeah. But who are um, the snakes? Yeah. That's going to be fun to guess. Right? Like, <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Um, should we start getting into the episodes or do you guys have more trailer thoughts? Did you guys want to mention the, um, the art house trailer that we got? I think we covered Uh, that was interesting. (laughs) So Um, I was asking who, uh, is that official? Like, um, yeah. Yeah. CW put that out. mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I was just wondering. I mean, it's not that bad. People loved it. People loved it. They had some cool ideas and then some of the stuff was just really heavy handed. (laughs) Like, like Raven screaming into the phone. Like, first of all, like that's a weirdly anachronistic, like a corded phone is a really like weirdly anachronistic, like object to sort of be promoting the show. Um, And sort of like, what does that mean? Like she can't, does she feel bad that she can't get a hold of Clark? Like it's, it's kind of a weird sort of setup for her character. Um, I like the Octavia stuff, like, you know, just she there, there, you know, the trailer was almost kind of for her character, if that makes sense. Speaking of Octavia, the other 
one minute trailer was also had information that wasn't in the longer one. It wasn't in the four minute one. Oh, which like what what information? Well, it seems like in the in the one minute they they tell us that there's talk of making Octavia commander or something, and she's like, my blood is red and moved mm-hmm. stay red. Or is that in the artsy mm-hmm. one? That was in the artsy one. Yeah. Um, okay, but like, there's there's information in the one minute one also that I noticed that wasn't in the four minute one. That yeah. I learned something from it. Yeah. Um, I forget what it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the the my blood runs red because so when we where did we I guess it's in the trailer where Octavia said love is weakness mm-hmm. and like for a moment when she said that I was like wait because um, if you remember in one of the episodes we just watched. Um, there's an extra vial of nightblood that like we never see what happens to that. So I was like, wait, did she become a nightblood in the bunker and now has like the flame and now she believes like um, love is weakness? Either that or she is trying to move away from that whole system and is like anti-nightblood. Well, yeah, but then, then when in the new trailer, the minute trailer, she says like my blood will always run red. <laughs> red so she obviously is like against that. Um, yeah. So it leads me to believe that that's that is the path that Maddie is going to have to take. Yeah, which I have will a lot be... of questions. Lots of questions. And they said yeah. that Octavia is going to take a very dark turn again. Yeah, she's going to kill a bunch of people. <laughs> what um, she does that? Yeah, it's going to be fucking awesome. But, like how much darker? Because she was pretty much like a cold blooder. Cold, cold-blooded murder. Well, now, but she has purpose now. Now she has purpose she, for, her, for her blood lust. So is she going to be like a dictator? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think she's going to learn that like she has to be Jaha, <laughs> and it's going to be interesting. I mean, because the she season four, Jaha we got Clark been, like, leaning into her Jaha ness, and so I mean, imagine being like I mean, Jaha, Jaha never pierced anyone in the in the chest. I mean, he only threw someone to a, a worm snake. <laughs> Um, all right, we, we should we should probably get get into the episodes, um, okay. just, to, just to move things along, um, since we had about an hour of technical difficulties. Um, so before we started recording, all of us like kind of were you know thinking about the overall takes of of sort of our episodes and uh, this this group and being like, well, like I don't really know if I'm going to have too much to say, and like. <laughs> I definitely felt that it was just kind of sort of these episodes were a little bit wheel spinning um, with Mm -hmm. occasional like little bits that did become important later, but just like all of the important things that happened within these episodes could have been, unless I'm, unless I'm being a terrible person and not like caring about the character work that happened. So like, which is also entirely possible, but I'm just partaking the night blood. Um, Octavia sort of deciding to come back and be, you know, the, the conclave, like deciding that there's going to be a conclave and therefore Octavia comes back and, Mm um, Raven, like the Raven, um, Jasper. Yeah. But everything else was just kind of like a lot of, sort of filler I thought what, what what did you guys think Yeah no I mean it seems like there a lot is happening and they're making a lot of decisions but they're not these sorts of grand scale we're going to bomb a village type decisions it's more like what do I do with my life type of decision and so that's why I felt like the moral dilemmas in in the season I guess with the exception of the Jasper thing, which I have a whole thing to say about, it seems like they're more character driven and require a lot more sort of ad hoc assumptions uh, for them to work. Like this is the only way we can test this. And this is, I'm the only one who can do this. And now what do I do? You know, 
Mm -hmm. As opposed to like the sorts of dilemmas that we had in season two or to, to a large extent season three, um, where it's they map onto a lot of like broader ethical themes and, you know, big moral dilemmas that you can identify independently of the idiosyncrasies of the situation. Except for, you know, the, the really, you know, broad doing terrible things to survive kind of but that's just the show. Theme. That's just like, yeah, that's just the constant. <laughs> that's constant across Perfect. the series. There was, there was some thing, there was some, I think it was like E or I, I retweeted it from our Twitter account, but it was, maybe it was Entertainment Weekly that was like, <clears throat> it had this headline that was basically like, forget everything you knew about the hundred. This next season, there are no good guys. There are no bad guys. There's just survival. And I was like. <laughs> That's the show. What, show have you That's, what am I going to forget? That's the fucking show. <laughs> that has been yeah. the show. What? Well, though, I mean, you could argue that there, uh, they maybe emphasize that to different degrees in different seasons. Like season two kind of established that you could argue that was the whole idea of season two was to establish maybe there are no good guys. But then mm-hmm. in season three and four, we kind of may- moved away from that. I don't know. But to say that like season five is the time when everyone's morally gray and trying to survive, I'm like, that's <laughs> what have we been doing this whole yeah. time? No, you're right. <laughs> I hate when art. I hate when these like publications, they're just like, oh, there's a sh- buzz on this one show. Can you just like write an article? Someone who's never watched the show is like, yeah, I'll just read like the Wikipedia page. Yeah, and then and then they like write something up, and you're just like, no, it's rude. <laughs> it is rude. It's rude. It's like I need to consume everything possible to like feed the hunger <laughs> inside me that this show is created, and this is not helping. Damn, bubs. <laughs> Like, yeah, I know our problems. <laughs> um, do you guys want to get into ap- actual episode discussions? Yeah. yeah. All right. Sure. We bitched about like these these three episodes. Let's start talking about them. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we'll be talking for like three hours. I know, right? <laughs> um, so let's let's talk about. I think I think kind of one of the main things of four hundred seven is there was a lot of Bellamy, Bellamy, Ari, Octavia, Bellamy with Kane, and Bellamy with. Uh, shit i don't know the two people that he was trying to rescue i'm a terrible person and did- mark something in his yeah. son who was part of the yeah. hundred <laughs> yeah they're they i was kind of disappointed that they were really just like not even red shirts because they weren't even on camera <laughs> um red voices like there was no they were just completely fictional characters they, yeah, they but we didn't care about that. No we role. cared about Bellamy, like learning that he couldn't save everyone. Right, and it you know, like, like yeah. yeah, I've I've proposed this theory before. Um, I don't know, like to, to I don't know how much this makes sense, but to me, it seems like the um, uh, four hundred seven with the whole Bellamy going after, going trying to uh, rescue these people and failing. Uh-huh. Uh, it seems like. In the, they wrote a story when they wrote the plot originally. It seems like Bellamy was supposed to go after Octavia. This is just my theory. Uh-huh. I'm not saying I didn't hear anything behind the scenes, but it seems like the whole thing was he he wants to save Octavia and he fails and he comes back and he has this revelation that you can't save one who save someone who doesn't want to be saved, which. Yeah. He still does, but it's weird because he has that revelation about Octavia, not about the people he was trying to save who did want to save, be saved. Yeah, so, I think it's 
it's two parts. I think it's twofold. It's he Octavia was too far away. He was never like it wasn't ever believable that he was going to like come across her. She doesn't have a radio. So I think it's like he's and I think the, the show also wanted to show Bellamy's not just about Octavia anymore. Like he does care about like other people. Um, I forgot what my point was in saying all this. Um, <laughs> and the thing is, Octavia is also trapped in a cave. Yeah, but the moment the moment that she and Ilian like went, oh, like it's God. raining outside and they find a handy cave, I was like, they're gonna fuck. Like anyone who has read thick, yeah. anyone who has seen a movie. Oh my god! How many tropes did they hit? Oh my, in that? Like, like, all of them because they also hated each I've other. I've read that too. fan fiction so many times. Like, a, they find a cave. B, they have to strip off because obviously, and then C, they rode a horse they together. Rode a horse, like another trope. Yes. And then they also <laughs> hated each other. But and so then they had angry like. What was it? What did it what? make me feel something oh, else? God. Like that line. Yeah. Angry <laughs> sex, angry tension build up that turns out subconsciously was attraction or whatever. I'm the sorry, heck. but no, like 16 or 17 year old is going to sit, is going to have make me feel something else sex. Yeah. Like they're just going to like throw a tantrum and like. <laughs> Nobody understands me. I mean, if you're a 17 year old in a, you know, world where you might die every day maybe you don't really get laid that much <laughs> you'd think you'd think it'd be pretty low on um maslow <laughs> you know they, they, they um, have to keep warm and means- we, we saw a lot of uh shots of aliens sexy torso so obviously it was gonna happen oh he has very circular nipples and and i could have put this in my well actually but i'm gonna bitch about it now so the part where she's going to go out into the rain and Ilian like grabs her and like hoists her inside and she's like flailing like arms and legs yes. out in all directions. Somehow this is the world class. Somehow this, this show wants me to believe that she is the kind of warrior that can like knee slide and like take out two dudes with her swords and run ar- along walls. And she's going to win the conclave in the next episode. How can she not? Oh, like I actually know. thought about okay. this. I, she doesn't actually want to die. Mm. That's so she's is. she's fake fighting so like, him off. Well, she's like she's fighting him, and like if she were to like actually like put her heart into it, she could totally just like annihilate him, like she did all his friends. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, it seemed like she didn't want to fight. Really, now is that because she doesn't really want to die, or? Because she doesn't but why, want to hurt. Why, why flail like that? It just makes me sad for like warrior Octavia. Like it was just, <laughs> it was debasing. <laughs> no, just me. I'm not left. She has, she is a person. She's so she fucking evil. Dimensions. Episodes. <laughs> she is a walking like hot <laughs> topic T-shirt in these in these episodes of just like. I don't feel any. Everything's terrible. My heart is black, and I'm mean. People suck. Ugh. <sighs> anyway, um, do we want to? Sorry, I know that we like moved away from Bellamy uh, real quick, but I feel like there's probably like a lot more to to kind of oh. go into that. Yeah. So what what do you think about that? Uh, it seems like wouldn't it have made more sense if he was going after Octavia, who was trapped in a cave, um, and she, and then he failed. And then he comes no. back in his like because the conversations before and after are both about that. And the big, big lesson takeaway from it that he takes is that you can't save someone who can't who doesn't want to be saved. 
Well, that's for Octavia. But I think ultimately this was all, and I said this at the time because we had those stupid spoiler pages. I thought that this was setting up Bellamy to let Clark go in the end, which I was right. And that's exactly what it's doing. Like he's learning to step back and like assess the situation and whether he can actually help. I understand, but he could have reached that lesson with Octavia. Well, but anyway. it's, it's, he wouldn't have been rational with her yet because he's not there yet. It's Octavia. Like he, it was a baby step. Like he the, could, the two people dying while waiting for him in yeah. the rain, those were his training wheels in, in letting, in letting yeah, exactly. other people die. <laughs> but no, but he does reach that conclusion at the end of this. He says about Octavia that you can't save someone who doesn't want to be saved. He could have reached that conclusion sitting No, but we had to see the drama of it, Shaheen. In, in Arcadia. We to see him breaking yeah. down over this radio with Kane and then sassing Kane when he came back. But that has nothing to do with them not wanting to be saved. That's just because you, you wanted to save right, them. The they lesson wanted to isn't be saved necessarily you can't save somebody who wants to be saved. The lesson for Bellamy is, is also you can't save everyone. I'm saying it would have made a lot more sense if they actually if he actually went after Octavian Yeah, but it would serve the purpose of like him being level-headed. Well, if he can <laughs> overcome that, which is the strongest attachment he has, then he has truly reached that. But then he would have reached it already, and that moment was with Clark. Like narratively, it made sense that they had to insert these two red voice, red shirt voices. Like I get how I don't understand why narratively it, it seems to damage the narrative to me. Hmm. Why does it make more sense? It may it would have made more sense if he went after Octavia. He, we are made to believe that because he, he let Octavia go. He let Octavia go at the end of the season. How with no transition, he didn't go through any ordeal. He just thought about it and he decided to let her go. That had nothing to do with going after those rando the rando dude and son. But, but like she had left hours ago. It's not like she not if he if Kane would have said she went to Neela's outpost or she That's went to the caves. That's a little tweak in the narrative that you can fix. That's not a problem. But like, but then no, because then the moment isn't with Clark at the end. It would have happened already with Octavia. So then the Clark it, moment's anticlimactic. It did happen with Octavia. It already happened with Octavia. No, it doesn't. It wouldn't make logical sense for him to have followed Octavia, given that she had left earlier. And like, there needed to be like he needed to repeat this lesson several times before he fucking gets it. So like, the first time is a he lets her go without following because logically Kane has told him that she has left hours before. So like, no matter what, he wouldn't find her. So he's like, okay, fine, like I'll do that. But he's still like, I think still feels that drive to save people. Like, fine, he let Octavia go, but he's not going to let these two red 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 shirt voices go. So he goes after them. And so like, the lesson there is like, not only can you do you have to let people go who don't want to be saved? But like, you also won't be able to save everyone who does want to be saved. And like, mm-hmm. those I think are like two sort of inner. But lessons. one statement is stronger than the other. I mean, um, like, I mean, there are different, there are different statements. Like one is that sometimes there are limitations to what you can do for other people. And the other thing is sometimes you have to um, accept that someone doesn't want to be saved by you. But those are two lessons that Bellamy has to learn. Right. And this trip for for Rando, dude, 
and his son had nothing to do with that second lesson, which is the more interesting <laughs> one. The one that says sometimes you get stuck mm-hmm. in the mud. Of course, that's not that's not a lesson that he had to. But learn. it is. That's it is a lesson that Bellamy understanding has to how learn. the world works. Because he needed to feel like he could save someone. Like the lessons are related. Like he. Yeah. Did he, he felt I mean, he, at no point did he think. At no point did he think that he was Superman and he could overcome physical limitations of, you know, the natural world. He thought he needed to do something. Yeah, he just ran into physical limitation. He literally got stuck in the mud. But he... How is that a big life lesson? Because he feels like a failure for not being able to do this thing. Like he's cons- like regardless of external circumstance, you can still feel like absolute shit, even if it wasn't your fault, because like you still want to do this thing. Bellamy's drive is still to do this thing, and like s- trying to save. Bellamy had a whole guilt guilt trip for causing the culling, for dropping the radio in the water and causing the culling. This is not the first time that he's failed. To save I people, and this your, is some random your beef dude. With this, is like the entire crux of like Bellamy's uh, character drive. Like it's all I, down to the no. The main I the part this. that that is interesting is the fact that he lets Octavia go, and this whole journey with get you know random dude in the cave and getting stuck in the mud had nothing, absolutely zero to do with that. That's a whole other thing that he came to separately. That I need to let Octavia go. Because she is on her own now and she doesn't give a fuck about me and she doesn't want to be saved by me. No, no, it's not that though. Because Kane said when he when he told Bellamy, he said, Octavia is a smart girl. She'll find shelter. Yeah. And like as we see later in the the conclave episode, he has faith in her. And I think that in that moment, Kane reminded him of his faith in Octavia. But right. she is a smart girl. He believes that. He believes that she's going to be okay. And that's what he's holding on to. And yes, when he's mad at Kane, he says a lot of things. Like, I mean, to be fair, that was like a my pretty mother. great burn. I was like, you know what? You are not was so good. It was so good. Like, <laughs> oh, and then. But that's oh what I'm God, saying. I loved it. He realized that she's a smart girl and she'll find a shelter and whatever. Um, that has nothing to do with the trip, with the failed attempt. That was I that don't, thing, I, I don't think that's a problem. I feel like that the issue that do. we're having that here is Shaheen, you care about one of these things about okay. Bellamy's development, and like Bubs and I see them as like very interwoven, but you see them as separate, and therefore one is like yeah. more disposable because obviously Octavia matters more than Redshirt Voice and Redshirt Voice's son. Yeah. Um, they both speak to the same thing in Bellamy. Because he feels guilty about not going after Octavia. He still feels guilty that he didn't go, knowing logically that it wouldn't have served any purpose. So this was something that he could control. This was something he could go out there. These were two people who wanted his help. And so he goes there and tries to do it and then like hates himself and feels frustrated because even though he wanted to, even though these people asked for his help, even though he left to go give them help, like he was doing everything he could. The lesson here though, is that sometimes you can't save everyone. And like, that was his also shitty fucking lesson. And then sassing Kane and then Kane going to try and like strike, like striking out both with like Harper and sort of Bellamy, like, Sorry, I have I have issues like, or at least need to make fun of Kane trying to like dab these kids. Um, but <laughs> I think I think that that 
the rover was a convenient way to have Bellamy have this growth without us actually having to lose any characters we cared about. Um, Cause he needed to feel sort of like it, he needed to be brought down twice. Yeah. The first time was you can't go after Octavia. And the second time is even if you do go after someone, you still might, might not be able to, to save them. And it was sort of like Bellamy needing to learn yeah. two shitty lessons. And this also opens um, up for the, the rave orgy party thing. Right, right, because he is now broken down and ready to be put back together broken by Clark ready to <laughs> <laughs> Sad, depressed Bellamy sex. Ooh. Nice. Um, should we talk about Science Island? Um, I feel like I feel like that is. Uh, oh, I wanted to talk about oh, um, Harper before we move away. From yes, that, which was. Oh yes, please. I loved. I did really love the Harper arc, and um, I think you said it somewhere else that it's. It's just very believable. Um, it was more believable this time around. Yeah, it was. And I think it was just really nicely done and subtle. Um, <laughs> I believed her arc more than Jasper's. Yeah. Um, in terms of like sort of my experience and my understanding with depression, yeah. like Jasper's depression was very theatrical. Yes. Which in some ways makes me feel like it is the type of, it, his feelings could have been genuine, but at the same time, it also then feels like performative, um, which I don't relate to because, you know, that's just kind of like asking for attention. And yeah. if you're asking for attention, then like the depression isn't your issue. Like yeah. you have something else that you're trying to get from people. Um, like you want the attention well, on your depression. hand in hand, but it's like, it's more than one thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Versus Harper where I was like, okay, you were taking hits sad. Yeah. Like you're just sad and you don't want to move and you don't want to feel. And I'm like, Oh, I, I yeah. get that. I know that. And like you, I think that like the great thing is that we know that Harper is a good person. Um, we know that she yeah. wants to try. She wants to be her best. And I think what Kane says to her is like so great where he's like, who you want to be does not always win because it's true of everybody. And like, just because you fail at one moment doesn't mean that like you weren't the badass person who like helped defeat Mount Weather or you weren't like whatever. It's like we all have these moments where we fail. Um, Which is interesting coming right on the heels of Bellamy being like, you fucking floated my mother, yeah. because that is totally a moment for Kane where he's probably thinking like that hopefully is not a moment who defines me. Yeah. Like that was a f like looking back at exactly. who he is now, that was a failure yeah. of his mentality then. Yeah. Deep. Totally. So deep. Whoa. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, let's talk about Science Island uh, and Murphy's amazing applesauce and the clean pool and um, <laughs> well, I Murray being a shady bitch. I thought that like they should have leaned into the humor so much more of Allie's mansion. Like, right? It's just I didn't even notice it uh, the first time around. Like, I was so focused on like all the details, you know. Um, but on this time around, it was opulent. Yeah. Like the the decor in Clark's room with like the fussy like throw the pillows th and like the embroidered duvet. I'm like, who decorated this place? <laughs> yeah, Did you humor, say humor? Because like, so Oops. 
it's the juxtaposition of like the life that they've all led. Um, like the fact that it was never like mentioned already, like, oh yeah. my God, you have to come to Science Island. Because obviously, like, if I were on Science Island <laughs> and I saw that, I'd be like, not guys, guys, come to There's Science a Island. There's a fucking pool. There's a shower with a remote control like operator. <laughs> like, there are throw pillows. <laughs> seriously, throw pillows. Several. You have to take them off the bed before you sleep. Right? Um, so like it was just <laughs> I wanted more like Clark to be like what the fuck you guys like what right, like she was not shocked yeah it's very jarring I mean she but is like, a, she does look a pool, little shocked and no one's like what the fuck is you know yeah but when she takes the shower she's like what the fuck is this and then she tastes the but food it's like it's, it's like, I love oh that my god yeah it was supposed to be like from all that we can tell Murphy is literally just making applesauce. He is and the a, barefoot and contessa. A, call it cooking. <laughs> Wait, what? He's the barefoot contessa. He's all like trapsing about, like, oh, taste my cooking. A pinch of this, a pinch of this, and you're like, it is applesauce. It's like, true. I get it. Applesauce is delicious, but like, I wouldn't like lose like <laughs> the, the look on Clark's face. It hit her all sorts of places, and it's a fucking applesauce, dude. She, like, I mean, she's been eating dirt and like bugs, <laughs> so it probably tasted like filet mignon. Um, I did, I did like, I, I still have issues with this episode. I liked it more the second time around. Um, just cause like, I think I've tried to pay a little bit more attention to Amori and sort of her she's abilities good. in this. Yeah. Um, but I still like, she's not a character that I track with as much. Um, so still it being sort of a very focused on her episode, um, like, not necessarily my favorite, but also she's a cold bitch. She's, and, I mean, it was brilliant. What she did was so yeah. brilliant. Like picking up on that, they're going to have to test someone. Like she's, she's smart. Like, yeah. Which so, makes me wonder about her and space crew. Like, yes. It's like no, fucking cunning as shit. Her and Allegiant. I think that she's going to betray. I think she's one of the snakes. You think? I think so. I think that like <laughs> as much as she wants family, like there's such deep seated mistrust there. And like, I think that the, the what's the word the um the fake out is echo i think oh, we think that echo is gonna and it's gonna be a mori and so i would never have thought that echo would like yes, i think because you like, like the her whole, so much i do love echo um but, but no just that, the, yeah that they've sort of like <laughs> confirmed that like echo is sort of like gonna be finding her purpose without being ordered to like sort of pushing her loyalties on people that she wants to be loyal to. Um, so I don't think that I would ever have sort of suspected that she would have been one of the snakes though. After this episode, Amor- the case for Amori is pretty fucking high. It's pretty high, but like the thing, like, so what Tazia has said about this coming season has been, I thought I found my family, but do they like me as much as I like them? Mm, and so okay. that also like, I think that maybe we'll see things that make us think that there's going to be a split in terms of like, you know, like when people feel like they're going to be like um, abandoned or betrayed, sometimes they lash out first yeah. to like be the one to decide how it happens. Um, so I think that maybe it'll, I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting. That's what it'll be. Um, I'm sorry. What is this note, Shaheen? Did I miss this? Uh, I don't really think you can have sex right after you almost committed suicide. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was about Octavia. How like oh she only she, she have to like, keep it up if <laughs> oh okay, Bubs. 
Like she almost walked out and she would have like died or like been like seriously injured. Um, and then like, she was like, all right, let's do it. I'm like, that's kind of like, you got to be shaken up for a few minutes at least after that happens. Well, but it's all that, that's what the adrenaline does. And the, all the endorphins. Have you never had hatred cave sex, Shaheen? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Not a, not right after I almost killed See, myself. See, you don't know what you're missing. That that California high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I don't think you can have sex after California I high either. I think it's a thing. <laughs> I think I think it's literally called. Yeah, I'm not. I can't tell California my, my parents are in the next room, but you guys can fill in the blanks. California high sex. Yes, I mean that's a thing. People people choking each other and then letting yeah, it go before they have thing. an orgasm. Um, it seems dangerous and like kind of. I don't know. Hey man, it, whatever whatever floats people of others' boats or whatever. Um, <laughs> but going back to Amori, yes. I, I kind of wish that um, her her sort of ominous offhand remarks about the island. There's more on this island and stuff like well, that, and some of the stuff that she said before. Uh, I there is always mysterious and stuff like she and knows. And we never more. got answers. I would, huh? And we never got answers on them. Well, I wish that they would have, you know, come to fruition or led to something more than random scavenger dude. I but like I wonder if any of that was true to begin with. I wonder if so when we hear her talk about the um, like the drones aren't the only like aren't the scariest thing on this island. That's after she like feels endangered and she tells Murphy that. And like now that we know she's kind of manipulative. How long has she been shady? Yeah. You know, like maybe this is how she functions. Um, and so maybe the island isn't as cool and mysterious as we thought, but maybe Amori is just laying the ground that wily. she needs. I mean, what yeah. what did she achieve by telling that lie? Which one? The one about um, Baelish? That no, that there's there's more on because this island. She's telling at the time she was telling Murphy, she was like, We should just like go to the bunker in, in the lighthouse. She was trying to convince him. And so trying to make him uh-huh. scared of the rest of the island. Yeah. Like interesting. Well she never she tries to do that a few times, but she never uses that that statement slash lie anymore yeah it that kind of stuff was like a weird like i wonder if something got edited out like it was a weird sort of i expect there to be more on this island like maybe Maybe they just left it open i mean i thought the whole point was there are scavengers on the possibly that's what yeah like i just don't know and that dude was that was one of them are scavengers scarier than drones with guns I don't know. Yeah, I don't Did know. you guys notice? And so, like, I have a note on this one because um, you know we have we have the part where they were uh, testing the night blood and stuff, and like it was all slow motion, and they used music with lyrics during that time, like during that whole no. montage. What was the? I I don't know the song. It was just you know some sort of like everything was slow mo and look everybody looking really serious while they were gonna you know inject Baelish and like you know radiate irradiate him or whatever. Um, and like, but there was, there was music, but it was, it wasn't Tree Adams. It was like something with lyrics and it was just kind of a weird, like, like, again, I've, I've bitched about the musical decisions, uh, of this season, either in mixing or instrument choice or like it, they catch weird vibes. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I noticed that too. That music was a little jarring. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, I I have to say more generally, I'm kind of disappointed with how they do these great world building. They make all these great world building moves, and then they kind of just drop it and don't go anywhere with it. Um, Still with the city like of the, light. Well, no, the city of light actually became something. But there was like when when you if you look at that uh, intro sequence. There are all these locations that they showed us. This is ever since season one, season two, we, we saw all these locations that were kind of, you know, back when I used to watch them 50 times. <laughs> um, there was like, <laughs> there was this place called the capital city. There was this place called uh, the quarantine zone. They look really fun and, and mysterious. One, The capital city looked like um, an abandoned, like met- metropolitan area and the, quarantine zone was somewhere out in the desert and um and i had all sorts of you know um headcanon theories that like all the freak drainer all the like mutated people are are in the quarantine zone and they have to go some they have to go there maybe in season four where you know they want to find some place to hide anyway so none of that apparently i mean i don't think we're going to see any of that because season five is kind of because all that shit is burnt up (laughs) <laughs> yeah, wiping the slate clean. Um, yep. But yeah, and, like, uh, we want to spend and more even time on DC and the island. And yeah, it, it, they kind of, they could have used a lot of this stuff before getting rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe they'll find aliens at the end of season five and the aliens will zap the earth, the earth back to how it was. Oh, that could be fun. <laughs> oh my god um let's let's move on to episode eight um let's see what was the name of that one? Oh yeah god oh i forgot to say one thing oh, please when bellamy was bathing his forearms with that little bottle of water yeah like this show made me so aware of how into forearms i was <laughs> or am so let me make a note bubs's sexual awakening forearms <laughs> bellamy's forearms those hams I mean, I feel like they gave everyone a show. Like we got we got Bellamy washing <laughs> off, and we got Harper washing off, and we got a little Kane washing off. Like there was there was something for everyone. I feel like yeah, yeah, that was whatever you're into. Jen is happy somewhere out there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, all right, let's, let's talk about uh, four oh eight. What even happened in this one? Oh right. Uh, can I just yeah. say, like, Arcadia is just like sitting on their asses now. Now that the <laughs> now that Ilian burnt down the um, the base, they have no purpose they're just now. Kinda, they just don't have any assignment anymore. Because like Bellamy is just hanging out with Jasper, picnicking, getting Joby <laughs> nuts. It's just like everyone's just lying around. It seems. But how great is that first line though? When Bellamy's like, "I'm coming with you because I don't want to care. I want to carry your body back." And Jasper goes, "Oh come on, I'm light. I'm wiry, but I'm light." <laughs> it's like that's yeah. the morbid humor that I signed up for. It was, it was cute, like, and that part of Jasper, I didn't like. You know, I didn't mind. I think, um, yeah, Same. yeah, but sort of the sort of attention seeking behavior in his depression. I have a hard time like reckoning with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's, let's talk about. Sort you're of, just like, you're, you're such an ableist, Joe. An ableist. Yeah. Why am I an ableist? Cause like you hate people with depression. No, 
I don't hate people with depression. <laughs> I, I You're totally like, judging the fuck out of him. I am judging his like manifestation of his depression. Um, well, people do weird things when they're depressed. I mean, I guess I'm just kind of like his his sort of thing is like pay attention to me, pay attention to me, pay attention to me, but also don't pay attention to me because I want to die. And I'm like, listen, you know, <laughs> like you're making every you're making it all about you, and then you're upset when people are like paying attention to you. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, you kind of described the symptoms of depression. <laughs> yeah. I was never like that as a depressed person. Right? I, I just, I didn't want anyone to know. Like, you you know, you're you're like a dog with a tummy ache. Just hide it. Yeah. yeah. Oh. No. Meanwhile, speaking of dogs with tummy aches, Bonsai keeps farting and it smells terrible. Oh, God. What did you feed him? I ate too many snacks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's, let's, let's actually get into it. Um, let's talk about the, the discovery of the, of the bunker and stuff. I feel like that is probably a pretty... Pretty oh. exciting. Job. Yes. Nyla, Monty, Indra, the whole, the whole thing. I like how I actually, when I was watching this episode, I immediately, because this was my, oh, well, actually, of mine for a really long time, I was like, how did a seal 11 coin open a 12th seal bunker? And I was always like huffy about it because, like, come on, show, you can't, you can't leave that much of a loophole out there. Anyways, in watching this episode, I realized that they answered that question like immediately. <laughs> How? In that all of the coins were 11 seal coins. And it's only if you figure it out, that ah. you find the 12th seal key. So, so it's a little yeah, Dan Brown no kind of shit. What? Like Dan Brown kind of shit. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. You have to be worthy in that you figure that out. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, the, the other thing is that, like, imagine there's radiation out there. There's, like, some guy dying of radiation. He figures it out at that second. Like, anybody who has the coin has the key and can just open it and irradiate everybody who's already in there. Yeah! <laughs> there's flaws. And are, are we supposed to assume that no one actually figured it out? Because there was, or, there was well, no one. That was another question. They left. Like, I but think then, that it was to infer that, like... Or Wasn't were they the said? night bloods? Were they the, were those people the night bloods? But how many vials did Becca have? She had that suitcase with her, so I would imagine that like she got taken in down to the bunker or whatever. And well, the original the original night bloods were like I don't know how many nine of them. There there wasn't that many. Um, we saw them come out in hazmat suits in Polis, so they were somewhere in Polis. So Wait, assuming- did we know that they were night bloods? Say what? Did we know that those people were Nightbloods? The people who came out of the... Yeah, when Becca landed, uh, the assumption is that those are the people that she injected. And but how would she have injected them if she came up with the serum in space? No, she, yeah, no she they were living in the bunker for, for a couple of years. And then she comes and injects them and then they don't ha- have to live in the bunker. But they weren't Nightbloods when, when they came out of the bunker. No, no. They were, they, but they're the original Nightbloods. They're not Nightbloods at that moment, but they're going to... Oh, okay. Yeah. Because yeah. they're, they're like in the temple, there's like depictions of them uh, coming to greet her and, and whatever. And so, yeah, so then that, those, so I think those people were the uh, second dawn people. 
Yeah, that would be my that would be sort of my assumption with it. So like, yeah, I think that the but bunker they, was. But they did a good job cleaning up afterwards. Like the, the yeah, right. There's no trash. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? What is the camping thing? Like you know, whatever you bring in, you take back out with you. Uh-huh. Like when you go hiking or whatever, leave no trace. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, you have to poop. You have to carry it around in a little bag. <laughs> <laughs> Neat. That's actually why. Which is I'm weird. Um, they run out of baggies. Nah, um, you, don't, you don't have to do that. One thing that I would like to like to bring up. Well, did anyone else find it was like weird jumping ahead to sort of the science science island? What the fuck is Roan doing there? Yeah, and what was his ponytail? <laughs> yeah, like why? Why? Well, he they brought why? the the fuel. I mean, yeah, but why was he still just... Why'd he stick around? Like, why wouldn't he go back to, like, deal with whatever shit show was happening in Polis? Maybe he wanted to make sure they were actually going to help everybody. Because he's all, like... Yeah, he's, like, seeing to it that the most important matter takes place. I guess. Like, it was just kind of weird. Like, he... Oh. Well, so, that, that episode, though... What had to be rewritten because of illness? I don't Wait, know if what? it was Paige Turco. So that that episode, um, Roan, I think, had more scenes than he was supposed to because I think Paige Turco was sick. Oh. Or somebody was sick. And so they rewrote that on set. Um, yeah, there was some- I cannot remember where I read this, but Chick knows. Capital Chick knows. There's just some weirdness in terms of like Rowan like giving Clark pep talks. And I'm just kind of like, I'm like, it just, it solidified its cardboardness as a kid. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what, buddy? You didn't like Lexa. Like, get her fucking name out of your mouth. Yeah. Like, stop pretending like you're her number one fan. It's weird. You tried to kill her. Yeah. There was animosity. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. I mean, like I guess that people Clark and they die, but that's not what, what was that shiny? What? There was animosity between Clark and Lexa too. Well, yeah, but then they banged. Like everything was cool. I don't think Rowan and Lexa ever made it that far in their relationship. Well, he almost let her kill him, remember? Yes. Maybe he maybe Rowan had the death wish. I don't know. Um well, like, he respected her. He wanted her to be commander. I just thought it was just a weird sort of thing for him to say to Clark. Like, the number the number of it times people have been weird. like, this is what Lexa... I rolled my eyes <laughs> so hard. And after he became king, he honored Lexa's tradition and, and the 13th clan. So, I don't... Yeah. I mean, at the time when he wanted to kill Lexa... That's when Clark wanted to kill Alexa too. <laughs> but did Clark ever want to kill Alexa? Yeah, but say what? Did Clark ever really? I think a part of her did. A part of her, but there's a bigger part of her that did not. There is this when she said to Amori, she was like, "I've never killed for revenge." I mean, Amori was like, "Don't tell me you've never killed for revenge," and she shook her head. Um, and Amori was like, then I guess you're better than me. But she almost did. But she didn't. So technically. She almost did several yeah. times. Yeah. Emerson. What are some other examples where she did? Where she almost? Emerson. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, she almost killed Emerson. Yeah. When he was sent as like a gift. Yeah. Um, what else? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe he, Emerson. She also killed. Uh, the way she killed Wallace was kind of questionable. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe I it didn't need to go down quite like that. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds. She like, should just let like it be. It was a little bit because of Abby. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so yeah. But speaking of Abby, let's talk about Abby's decision to destroy the chamber after Clark becomes a nightblood. <laughs> what did Clark think that her mom was going to do? She knows her mom. Like I, I feel like that should have been factored into her decisions. I. I mean, again, like everyone yells at me and it's like, you're not a parent. You don't know what it would be like. Me, me, me. And part of me is still just like, I don't give a shit. Abby is, that was not rational. Oh, no, not at all. But I, I mean, I, and I, I, it. I, I totally get it. Like, And does that make her a better person or a worse person? Because like, you would think, think that like, she was willing to do that to someone else. In order to save humanity, and now she's not willing to do that is anymore. Is that moral relativism, Shaheen? What is moral like relativism? The fact that she would do it to someone that she didn't care about? No, that's just partiality again. Got it. That's just partial. Yeah. So she's partial towards her daughter, but not even in a good I- way. I don't know. So. <laughs> I guess like, the way I feel about it is in these situations where like you have to do it, I mean, I think, yeah, make it as easy as possible if it's, like, that hard of a thing to do. Um, so Clark complicated it by making it herself. Um, although she ends up saving her life, I guess, in retrospect. And this goes kind of into my will, yeah. actually. I guess you're going to be carrying the will, actually, Bubs. What? You're going to be carrying the will, actually. Well, this, today, actually we- this actually feeds into my so will, we'll actually. Some will, I'm sure oh, okay. We'll come up with even more on our way. So feel free to get your will, actually. Well, you do have something. I, do, I have something. I'll, I'll deal with the will, actually. So. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is like kind of – this is not the way science works, I have to say. Like, <laughs> this is your issue with the show. Like, I have – this is not how <laughs> science works. Let me quote that. This is not the science well, like, if you want to test the hypothesis that this this serum, this bone marrow or whatever, makes people immune to, to this radiation, uh, there are ways to do that without, like, destroying the subject. Yeah, you just but put blood in a, really in a petri dish. are dramatic ways to do it, Shaheen? Like, are there, are there – is <laughs> there a way that you can still make some guy explode in a glass tube? Because otherwise, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I mean, we don't want to waste petri dishes. I mean, honestly, like limited resources. <laughs> I mean, even if you want to do it in a person, like you want to keep the blood in the person, you still like you can do it slowly so that, and then you There's see the no symptoms. There's no time, Shaheen. Primfire is going to be here in <laughs> six days. Six, six days. days. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so- they, they, if they. Took the, they in, increased the levels in like thirty seconds. That could have been like twenty four hours. We had. I mean, yeah, time. like basically they like microwaved a stick of butter and wondered why it exploded. Fun fact: I actually did that this weekend. Yeah, um, <laughs> it exploded. Well, so here's the thing: uh, our butter. 
I mean, it's oil. It yeah, tries no, to boil. And it was butter all just... over the microwave. I made girlfriend clean it up, though, because I cooked breakfast. And I was like, I don't have time to deal with this. I love it. <laughs> um, but, like, it was, a, it was a stick of frozen butter. And I was like, I need this to soften so I can, like, put it on toast. And then I, like, walked away. And then I heard, like, a loud pop. And I was like, well. So there's just <laughs> butter all over the microwave. Um, but, yeah, like, we needed the drama of it, Shaheen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's not just the drama. It's like a very consequential <laughs> thing for the whole show. It's like, this is why this method didn't work. And and it's like, dude, you're... What the fuck, Abby? Like, she's a terrible scientist. She's a doctor, yeah, I guess. Yeah, supposed to suddenly... Like, she is basically a GP slash surgeon on the arc. And yet somehow she's also <laughs> she's like, not a, she doesn't know about hypothesis testing or anything like well, that. Suddenly, like, all right, we'll fry it. See if it she's like, fried. she's like a, a, a blood biologist all of a sudden. Like those are two completely like, I'm sure that she like studied blood science in, you know, her apprenticeship. You know, it's not like she went to like Harvard med or anything, but like, how the fuck is she suddenly like also like now a geneticist? <laughs> Yeah. And also, like, even if you want to kill the subject... <laughs> sorry, I'm not going to let this go. So, like, <laughs> even, even if, like, you're okay, well, okay, I'm going to destroy the subject. You can, like, it would have been nice to know the highest level that they could tolerate. Because um, there was a level that he was tolerating. They just, like, blew past it. Like, that's not how you record your results. Like, to keep track of when exactly you no, lost the subject. He made sub- it like, to acid rain. He made it to acid rain, yeah. And then they were like, all right, they went from like 2,000 to 2,500. And they were like, oh, okay, oops, fried it. And it was like, well, there was a point be- between that that he still could have tolerated. Like, I just want to know what the maximum was. Maybe you can make better, stronger you know ones what? that, you we're know, never gonna fucking know. I don't know. Incremental we're never going to know smashed the tube. So, yeah. What was yeah. your well, actually, Bubs? Oh, that's like, partialism. Is it still related? No, my well, my well actually was that I was 100% pro human testing and figuring it out. But my caveat was that I didn't understand what the manufacturing process was going to be once they figured it out. Like, how on earth were they going to make enough night blood? Right, like Luna's got to be pretty fucking woozy at this point. Like, well, you, I mean, it obviously couldn't be Luna. And I was like thinking, I was like, can you daisy chain it? Can you like give it to one person like a, and then like extract from that person like uh, the next yeah, day? Yeah, I think what? like you can just like, yeah. Everyone who becomes a nightblood can also But be how long does it take for you to like, for all of your bone marrow cells to like. I mean, I guess like it's an exponential thing though. If you give it Is to three people scheme? who can then Is give it to like three Amway? people. So then. Yeah. No, kind of, but like it's it becomes exponential. So if you if you need like how many hours, four hours? Yeah, no, I think. How many needles are you gonna have? Like how are like because presumably like do you just spin? Everyone's gonna have AIDS. This is gonna be a whole syphilis shit show. Yeah, everyone's gonna be like you're a night blood. (laughs) But they're alive. Is it it sexually transmitted? Like how? I have a lot of questions. (laughs) Um, meat. Um. Yeah. Prime Fire killed the AIDS and all the other stuff. Did you know that this the smallpox vaccine was uh, tried on a boy? I think like on an eight-year-old boy. No. Like, tested it for the first time. How'd it go? Uh, 
he didn't get it. So cool. <laughs> so this That's crazy. Yeah. But so are you the year for that, Bubs, right? So let's get that on record. No. No. But I mean we still have crazy testing stuff. Like so for people with mental illness, um, like schizophrenia, you so when they test new drugs, they have to have that person go off medication for like uh, a month at least. So basically like inducing their illness back. And then hoping that this new drug works. And if you have a loved one with this um, ailment, you know that like once they're like sick, like it's so hard to have them take their medication. Um, And so it's just like really – I don't know if it's humane. (laughs) So we still do stuff like that. There was also a recent case a few years ago um, where they tried – they tested something on newborn – babies and uh the way the the experiment was set up was like some of these babies were on wait list and some of them uh got the medicine Mm -hmm. and i think the medicine worked um it was some kind of rare disease that they didn't think they could you know cure or they didn't think the drug would work it was a very experimental thing um Mm -hmm. and then people were like well you deprived some of them from it uh, and you know there was a contra or there was some sort of uh, it was I think a little bit more complicated than that it was somehow like some people felt that that was wrong that was weird and uh, the people who did the research said that well the alternative was to not give it to anyone like the default thing was to not give it to anyone mm-hmm. we just wanted to see if it works at all and so like we didn't know if it was gonna work so it's um, speak- yeah. you know what Speaking of drugs, let's talk about uh, the drug party uh-huh. and Clark lookalike and Bellamy deciding to get drunk and Nyla, the role mom. Um, and <laughs> yeah, do we do we have any? Wait, which drunk party are you talking about? Uh, at the at the end, when um, Jasper shows up with like a bunch of the little like hallucinogenic seed nut things and Nyla's like, so what are you planning on doing? Right. And he's like, I want to get fucked up. And she's like, well, I'd recommend a tea. And that's totally like her admission that she <laughs> is a dirty hippie out in the woods, like getting fucked up all the time. Um, that she like, yeah, I mean, when you sit in that, you know, outpost, that trading post for you know a few hours, you gotta, you gotta find a way to she spend pass the she's time. She's talking about like old drug user who's like, you know what? I did all my drugs back <laughs> in the day, but I will watch you guys and make sure that you're safe and, you know. Yeah. But also powerful medicine for what? What was that used for? <laughs> um, I mean, I guess like I would imagine it would just be like for surgery. Like you're so like loopy and fucked up that they can, you know, amputate your leg or something. That would be my guess. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess that, that was pretty much my only thing about talking about the. the well, did you know that LSD can cure um, cluster headaches? Hmm. I've been reading stuff about mushrooms and PTSD, but I did not know. I love shrooms. You know, apparently LSD, yeah, LSD works for cluster headaches. Like permanently or when you're getting a cluster headache, I think you should just. No, you have to like take it. Yeah. But it will totally. Because cluster headaches is like this just incredibly painful 
form of torture. <laughs> um, and like, you don't know when you're going to get, going to get it. And there's no way to get rid of it when you get it. And the people who get it described as like being pierced in the brain. Right. Um, I mean, I'd so, rather like, be tripping balls than. And so, yeah, there's like, yeah. they don't know anything that could stop it except for LSD. And there was this, I saw this interview with this guy who like at some point promised his daughters that he would never do drugs. And then he got cluster headaches and mm-hmm. then he found out about LSD and he was like, no, I'm still not going to do it. Cause I promised. And I was like, dude, new shit has come to light. Like, <laughs> Plus, like you're anyway. not going to be like, you're not going to lose your family because you're sort of like mitigating this very painful disease with like occasionally like, like it's not like he's like smoking crack or anything. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I can't speak to the addictiveness of LSD, but I don't think that you like get itchy about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, do you guys want to take a little bit of a break and then we'll come back for episode 409 and then wrap shit up? Yeah. Yes, okay. they really have to all right. <laughs> Let's start episode uh, 409. Um, Shaheen, you have a fucking wall of text. Um, <laughs> can you? I, I don't know. If, should we talk about this? This is a whole jasper thing and yeah i think i think i mean i don't have shit else to talk about yeah i i think that i mean 409 has a very clear theme it's it's one of those theme episodes right it's kind of hard not to talk about this because it's not just jasper i mean raven is deciding making the same decision um i would rather spend the last the amount of time that i have left um, do something that I like. Well, but she thinks she's dying, which she is. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and and Harper the same way, and Jasper and his team. It's this uh, the same thing that comes back again and again. Um, and the idea is something you know, choosing to die rather than live an undignified life. Um. And Raven, I think, like thinks that even if they can save her, uh, she would have to like not use her brain, and she doesn't like that. I think it was an interesting um, distinction where she was like, "I can, I can, you know, live without my leg, but you know, if I'm not, if I don't get to be me in my mind, which is sort of an interesting sort of thing, considering where we were at last season, where it was like, "Hey, man, you don't need a body at all. You can just live your life in the city of light." And everyone's like, "No, that's bad." And now it's like, "Well, actually." Maybe that was not such a terrible idea. Question, actually, <laughs> and so, this question. Uh huh. So yeah. Allie knew, or yeah, Allie knew that that the world was going to end again. So she was going to like upload everyone to the City of Light. Where are Allie's servers that they're going to survive Prime Fire? Like that was my question. I don't like you get everyone into this fucking hard drive. Who is going to service the server? Yeah, like. Well, I thought the survey was the Ark. Oh, that she would just beam everyone up there forever? Well, she did. She she uploaded right. herself to the Ark. That was the but whole like, idea. But, like, can that survive indefinitely? Like, what was her plan for where all of this, this human consciousness right. goes? Yeah, no. That's just a... We just wave that away. Just a, yeah. Fair. That's just something that wasn't explained, cool. yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, sorry. Back to your... Back to your I mean, everything, it seems everything is permanent. I mean, if you think about it, this bunker would be useless too after so many years. Like, Well, yeah, that's why they have to start eating people. 
No, I mean, it would be leaking and it would be like, you can't get the farm going. You can't do anything. You can't get the water thing going. I don't think that bunker would be usable. Like, you don't think that the bunker that they're, um, they're going to survive the apocalypse in would actually keep them safe? Well, at least it's going to keep the radiation out, yeah. right? And that's kind of questionable already. That's still sealed. <laughs> and then they're, they're going to have to have water, right? At least, like... I mean, maybe there's, maybe it's like mountain weather, you know, and it gets to be like, I think that the idea is that it's fully, they're going to, they're drinking a lot of pee. Space crew and bunker crew are drinking. Right. I'm saying all that, all that like water reclamator, all that would not work anymore. Why? It's been a hundred (laughs) fucking years. This stuff decades and degrades. Maybe. There's been like all it was built by the future, and you know the Swedish people are very good at making you know reliable like you know it's a Volvo or the Swiss, this, yeah, the machine. Yeah, they're good at that. They're good at that. It's not you know this was yeah. not built by the Italians. Well, then so you can say the same thing about the Ark. I mean, the Ark <laughs> was just permanent, um, and so they will be on that forever. It's just kind of a funny thing where Raven doesn't want to lose her mind, and yet. They all sort of well. Clark decided that no, they they would keep their bodies anyway. Sorry, continue continue yeah. on with your with your wall of text in our notes in, involving poetry. I guess. <laughs> uh well, so yeah, I mean this this theme that was that was introduced in four hundred nine. I like this the introduction of this theme, and I like that different characters are represented in it. I mean. Even Monty joins them at some point. Um, and so I understand that if you take the show as a metaphor for life, um, with the sort of pain and misery of the characters as, as being a sort of metaphor for the problems mm-hmm. in your life, you know, like your partner breaking up with you or dropping your phone in the toilet, um, then, you know, it seems like we're just saying, yeah, suicide. These are people who want to commit suicide because they can't take these problems. And, you know, um, is there anything wrong with it? But that's not the only way. Is there anything Sorry, like what? wrong with what they're doing? Well, I mean, what what who is doing? Because like it depends on how you interpret what well, they're like doing. Jaha, for example, having to like be like at, at first before he like decides to let them be was basically like, this is the survival of humanity. Like participation is not, is not optional. Um, is that, is Jaha right? Or is, is Jasper right in terms of in this, in this situation? I mean, if they're, they're not, I don't think that they need the, their number. I don't think they need these people. Like they, they need this many bodies in order to reach the threshold of like sustainable population. I don't think that's what's going on. Um, so they're not really like hindering anyone else's survival. That would have been a whole other situation if if them opting out meant that other people don't get to survive either. Then that would be a whole other situation. But I don't think that's what's happening. Um, they obviously have way too many people. <laughs> like they. They only want a hundred people out of yeah. Arcadia anyway. Um, and so, but you could also ask like, just like if I, like I said, if this is a metaphor, if the, the parallel of this in someone's real life, if we assume that it's supposed to have one, 
which is a questionable <laughs> assumption. But if, if you assume that this is supposed to have some parallel in your life, it would be something like, oh, I have all these problems and, you know, I'm going to kill myself. Uh, and you might ask, is that a good thing? To, is that wrong? Or, or, you know, that's a question about morality of suicide. Is suicide an immoral choice? I don't know. What do you think? Um, I think it can be a selfish choice. Um, but I don't know if being selfish necessarily is immoral. What do you mean by selfish? Wouldn't selfish mean you want to preserve yourself? No, no. Selfish as in like, um, this is, you are making the suicide decision completely about yourself, um, which you could absolutely argue that it 100% is, but you could also argue that by doing that, it it would fuck up. Yeah. Like it fucks up, you know, an untold number of people who would be harmed by you killing yourself. So like, Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, it's it's a like harm how, like it would hurt them, like emotionally yeah. harmed. Yeah. Okay, but not like you. You know, these people depend on you to be alive and like. No, but what if they did too? Like that is also a really fucking selfish choice. Though that might be slightly more immoral, um, because knowing that if you kill yourself, you do direct non. You know, if, if you had harm. like. If you had like children in the house yeah. who relied on you, um, yeah, like Abby killing and herself, you... for example, would be, I think, an immoral choice for her to make because she is yeah. a fucking a doctor. doctor, and yeah. But I, I think not right. Jasper. So that's a different type of situation. But then there is like the kind of situation where it's not going to harm anyone else. I mean, unless again, you want to say like Jasper killing himself harms some people emotionally. All his friends. But, but yeah, I mean, uh, you you also don't owe anyone, you know, anything. Like you don't owe them feeling good. So like, if you feel like your life isn't worth living, and you can't or whatever, you like there there are you know. Um, I was going to get into like how you did another way to look at it is like on the ethical side, it's kind of like death with dignity type of situation. You know, there is, for example, um, debates about this in various states about should we allow someone who has some sort of ter- terminal illness to decide that they want to die right. um, mm. rather than go through all the treatment. And this is, you know, in some some places this is allowed, some places it's not. I think in the state of Washington, it's allowed, uh, and a couple other states. Um, and you know, there are a bunch of requirements. Like you have to have a writ- written statement that says that you desire to die, and then two weeks later you have to confirm again in writing that you still desire to die, and then. A couple other things, conditions you have to meet. Um, you have to have a terminal illness. Uh, I think you have to have less than six months, something like that. I don't know. There are a few conditions, but um, there is debate about we should whether we should allow people to do this or not. And and the idea is the the amount of time that I have left uh, is going to be one of two things. It's either going to be a lot of painful, um, just like stupid stuff. And then I have to like go through all this treatment and the treatment is going to make me feel bad and stuff. 
and it's going to be very expensive and it's going to be, you know, I'm not still not going to be able to do much. Um, and my family's being bothered, et cetera, et cetera. Um, or I could just like live a couple of months and then just die with dignity. Um, and yeah, so now this, you know, you could put, you know, time limits on it. Like, for example, like I said, you could say you have to be, you have to have less than six months or a year or whatever. But I don't why know though? Because like, yeah, the I, only yeah. difference is that this person is incapable. I mean, either for, I mean, I'm sure that there are also insurance reasons or whatever, you know, like wills and that sort of stuff. But like, just taking it at face value in terms of like this person is physically incapacitated to the point where they cannot kill themselves themselves. So they have to go through all of these hoops in order to choose how, you know, choose how and when they die versus someone who is able-bodied like say Jasper, who then does have the ability to dictate how and when he dies without sort of permission from, you know, bureaucracy. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, uh, the the law that I'm talking about that also applies to people who are able to kill themselves, but they want to get a medicine mm-hmm. that kills them. They want they, they want to like have it be legal and stuff mm-hmm. uh, instead of like committing suicide. Um they just want that to be their choice. That's their medical choice. And yeah, and so like I and depending on like so if you if you think about the time limit, I mean the time limit could be anything. If you if you envision the rest of your life being, you know, everyday pain and misery and fear and whatever else, or every day is just like lack of motivation and whatever. I can't get out of the bed, you know, can't taste your food or whatever. Um and you think if this is gonna be the rest of it. I can maybe end it. Um, and then we call that suicide because there's no legal option to do it. But yeah, but I mean, if you j- just extend that, I mean, even if you, like you are going to die anyway, whether you have an illness or not. Like in life? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're just, yeah, I mean, at some what? point you're going to die. And, um, <laughs> so, where, so where are you leading us? Well, it's just that like when... Something about it being close. I don't know where I'm going. I just think like something about it being close in time makes it seem more legitimate. Um, Or something about like the type of pain that you're going to experience. Like if it's physical pain, we we're more understanding about it. Than mental pain. Then yeah. Then if it's mental pain or I don't know, like even even with physical pain, we might not. Necessarily. I think I think they totally showed that though, because you you had the conversation between Murphy and Raven where she's like, I'm not going with you. And it was you know, she explained it and was like, Listen, like, you know, I I'm not gonna be me and I don't, you know, want that, which you know, like it is it is mental, but it is also very much physical, like her f- physical brain has issues. Um, versus sort of people, you know, especially Monty kind of not being able to give up on Jasper and Harper because he does just see it as a mental issue that, you know, your body's fine, walk out the fucking door and come into the fucking bunker. Um, 
you know, I, I, I think the show definitely shows that. Um, we should, we should maybe move along into. Can I? Uh, I actually didn't go through the wall. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> Can I like say yeah, one more thing? Or, yeah. So I think yeah. I mean, but I think suicide is not the only way to look at it either. Um, there is this concept in a lot of what Jasper says of you know when he has that moment of revelation where he realizes there's this wave, death wave coming, and you know before that he wanted to kill himself, and then he. He finds out about this and the only difference that makes is it makes him aware of his finitude the uh, the the fact that yeah you are going to die anyway so why don't you just enjoy the rest of what's left this is i guess where i was going with this like the the, the there ha- doesn't have to be a time limit is you can once you realize your finitude you can then uh understand that really the most important thing that matters is that you have a good time uh as long as you live does that mean you should kill yourself if you're having a bad day like (laughs) well if you think that you're never gonna have a good time i don't know but like you can try to have a good time and that's what they try to do then you know this is like this is what you were saying poetry is like my favorite poet uh hayam the persian poet who wrote all these um rubais like four verse poetries uh, have have these existential themes of like you know fill up the cup because like the the moon comes up and goes down so many times and there, it's gonna come up and go down so many times after we die so just fill up the cup you know the idea is that like if you really look at it the grand scheme of things you should just like try to have a good time <laughs> mellow just so, mellow yeah that's and. If the other option is like constantly fighting and and constantly um, dealing with loss and and mistrust and betrayal and whatever, then maybe you know, just yeah. Cool. It's not that option. So. You know, I think my problem with Jasper, it's not. I think I like all the ph- philosophical um, things he brings to the table. I just don't like how it's muddled with the depression. I think if, uh-huh. if it were separate things, I think it'd be yeah. like a really great different perspective. But like as someone who's seen people who are very depressed and don't make rational decisions because of that, like it kind of like it skews how I feel about the whole thing. Um, but no, yeah. I, I agree with a lot of the philosophical aspects. And you should have control. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's also an interpretation, right? That he has depression because like. What is exactly is there evidence that he has depression? Yeah, I mean he's um an alcoholic because of his feelings. Um he's still not over um Maya's death and he lashes out at people, the people he loves. Um the sort of devil may care attitude that we get in season four, which I think on the one hand we're supposed to sort of get a read on it that he has like made his peace. It also is like undercut by the fact of like, well, yeah, is that a reliable thing for us to assume because he's a depressed person and therefore mm-hmm. does not have sort of a rationality about certain things. And so he's his whole window of being is um, positioned to the point that he's he knows he's going to die. Yeah, it, I mean, but is that um, 
How do you know that's irrational? I mean, unless you've had depression, which you don't have to disclose on this podcast, but like <laughs> I, I have, I feel like people should talk about it. It should not be like a taboo. I totally have. Okay. Um, but I have seasonal depression, for example, and oh, yeah, like you, yeah, <laughs> um, I think. Well, anyway, these are kind of these labels are also kind of questionable, but um, there is something you know that just turns on sometimes and there's cert- a certain amount of agency that you have over it. Uh, you can try to do things that will make it worse. You can try to do things that make it better uh, to some extent, but there's a limit to that, you know, be- to some extent you can't do that because um, yeah, there's well, just times that it just takes over and, and yeah, it's, it's, and, like and then it's just pure self. pain. Um, yeah, and so like you like if you if if it was physical pain, you would see it, um, and then you would understand why this person has this problem, and then you know we will we would try to like alleviate the pain. But uh-huh. this if 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 they said if we realize there's no way to get rid of it and they're just gonna be in pain, and if they said look I just want to end it. That wouldn't be so irrational, right? Well, but but we can, but but that's the other thing, though, is that it's if you've never felt depression, then that can be that's that's kind of an impossible thing for you to be able to empathize with. But like, I've stubbed my toe, and I can imagine what it is like to you know raise that pain level to like orders of magnitude. But I think that it is very mm-hmm. hard for people to sort of find that level of empathy if you haven't actually experienced it and sort of understood that level of like despair versus just being like, well, you feel this thing one day. I I was sad yesterday, but I'm not sad tomorrow. So why can't you just not right. be sad tomorrow? Right. Or, you know. No, that's exactly my point. It's like maybe there's nothing to compare to. But then we also get into a lot the fact of, of like it is true that it is entirely possible and not crazy to think that you might feel better someday. So to assume that you will never feel better is, you know, is that rational? Is that, is saying that I want to kill myself? Is that, is that the rational part of your brain talking or is that the depressed part of your brain talking and saying, no, but you're, you're never actually going to feel better. Like kind of perpetuating that illness. And how can you think that like a 16 year old, is it maybe going to feel better eventually? Like, I, I just feel like, of course, they are. And another thing that complicates that, I mean, this is all related to the issue of agency, right? Like, who, what kind of people, what kinds of things do we give agency to and to what extent? And and it seems like what you guys are saying is essentially comes down to people with these sorts of mental disorder, they have less agency. We should give them less agency. This is actually something, okay, so I have had to deal with this in my personal life because of family members Uh and it's something that's really frustrating because when someone is ill and they're unable to do the things that are best for them um it's it it becomes really complicated because yes there are adults who can make their own decisions but when it's it's when you just you're just like all you have to do is take your medication all you have to do and it's like they they can't do it they refuse to do it and um 
But because it's not yeah. a physical very thing, hard. you're like, are your fucking arms broken? Just fucking take the medication. Yeah. But but the thing, it feels like it feels like this illness is robbing you of your family member. And it's it's like this illness is a parasite that feeds on itself. And it feeds itself by like not taking medication, by not doing the things that'll make it better. On and on and on. And it, it, it's very frustrating because you know it, that if the person does these right things, that they will feel better. They'll come back to themselves and they'll have more control to do it all by themselves. Um, but once they go past a per- certain point, they can't. And it's like, yes, it, to give you the agency to let you make these decisions for yourself, I can just leave you to it and you'll just be lost to yourself in this illness. Or I can force you back to yourself and then you can, you know, like have more control. And it's like this constant like struggle in the legality of the U.S. Because it's – is the agency – is that them demanding agency or is it the disease? Exactly. And it's just like I – the reason why it's such a shady line is because – um, in the past, family members, like in terms of like wealthy families, for example, they have committed people who were not actually crazy for this in order to steal like their money, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like this. Yeah, it's become this very sketchy thing, basically. But when you're a, a religious family member who wants to care for your loved one, it's really complicated. <laughs> yeah. And another thing that complicates this is that oftentimes people who requested to die in all sorts of circumstances, including like they were about to jump off the bridge. And, and that's usually the kind of thing we think about when this kind of this suicide or uh, concepts around that, like death with dignity comes up. We imagine mm-hmm. like some sort of moment of insanity where the person was like about to jump off the bridge or something and someone saves them. And then they, they later, who knows how much later, but later on, if they live later on, if you ask them, they're grateful um, yeah. that they didn't let them do it. But even people who aren't like that, who are not making a snap decision and they're, they th- thought about it and they said, yeah, I think I just want to die. And, you know, whatever they wrote or written requests and whatever confirmed it weeks later. If you don't let them do it years later, they will still be so- grateful. And, this has been shown with like people who are in the most horrible sorts of conditions, like this person who was in, uh, I don't know, he fell off a building in a fire and something, he completely lost his face. Um, he had no face and, you know, it's just like a horrible, like he, yeah. He face? wanted the to Mel die. The Mel Gibson movie of 90s something and no, just never mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It was there. It was a man without a face. Sorry, continue. So we got the 90s reference. Done. Check, check, check. Check. All right. Yeah. And uh, but then like later when they didn't let him do it, go through with it. And then later he said that years later, he said that um, he uh, is grateful that he's still alive. And there was this I, I watched this TED talk about about this phenomenon and this guy was claiming that basically when you realize you're stuck with something you start to like it and they they said that like people who don't like their town when they if they think they can move they don't like their town but if they realize they're stuck here they will start to like it people who like if if you give the best of a bad situation what's that yeah 
just making the best of a bad situation, like acclimating, like people can become acclimated to horrific things, which I think is something that this show does talk about. And maybe that is kind of what they're trying to show us Mm -hmm. is that certain people, no matter what, cannot become acclimated to their environment. Yeah. And I mean, it's an interesting thing is like, they say that they're genuinely happy and they, you know, they're as happy as, as anyone, you know, and they're like, no, I genuinely love this town now, or I genuinely love this painting that I bought that I can't exchange anymore. Uh, <laughs> you know, like they really said, and, and he was saying like, I, we always say like, uh, yeah, right. But he was saying, no, they actually achieved the same, whatever you call happiness, they achieved that um, in that state um, simply by knowing that they're stuck with it. And so this is another sort of like philosophical lesson of this is that uh, you just have to realize you're stuck with life and then you'll start to like it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's also physically speaking, there's, there's so for when people have like plastic surgery done, Mm -hmm. they give you, they're like, before you say you hate it and you want um, something changed, you have to wait like 90 days. Uh-huh. And that's because there's like a, a psychological thing that happens when your your reflection does not meet what you were used to. Mm-hmm. Even if it's better slash more attractive, you might not be – you might not like it just because it's different. And so, your brain is like, ah, So wrong, both of these are pretty up things that I actually wanted to touch on um, that relate to altered carbon. Um, and, then, and then we'll move along. So yeah. first of all. Yeah, but also I've never had plastic surgery. I feel like it made it sound like I have, and that I know it intimately. <laughs> just the I just watched a lot of Doctor Nine Hundred Two One Zero. I'm too poor to have had so, plastic surgery. Bob's natural, just so you know. Altered Thank carbon, you, which we we haven't talked about on the pod, but we'll probably do a show about it over the hiatus. Um, two things: number one, they actually made a point. The idea is that you can. They have figured out a way in the future to store your complete human consciousness in a like a little chip in the back of your neck. Surprise! A fucking surprise. And uh, watching the credit <laughs> sequence, I'm like, oh, this is the alley spinoff. Um, but uh, the <laughs> one thing is that when they when they bring them back into a different body, that people freak the fuck out because your your brain is wired to know what you look like. And when you look in the mirror and you yeah. do not see your face, you have a bit of a psychotic break. And so they, they, they actually talk about that. And then there's another idea of, so the, you know, the idea of, well, if you exist on a chip and you quote unquote die, you, you uh, cease to be and you're just on this chip and you're not active. So you're nothing like you're, you know, say what you will about a soul. Mm-hmm. What, you, what people know is you is not active. It is just on this disc, you know, sitting on a shelf somewhere. And then you, you get put into another body. What, what, what if you didn't want to be put in another body? And, and there's this whole character on the show who like is basically like, listen, when I'm done, like I want out, like I'll do this thing. Um, and, and it's fine. And once it's done though, I want to quote unquote die, but they basically live in a world where death, unless the chip is destroyed, the stack as they call it in the show, unless that's destroyed, you are never guaranteed death. And I thought that that was just a really sort of interesting sort of take, you know, to kind of jump ahead from where we are talking about. Um, sort of agency and, you know, mm-hmm. people saying that you don't have agency or taking away your agency. Whereas like in that future world, you really can have your agency taken away from you. Like, unless your stack is destroyed, someone could bring you back, even if you might not want it. 
Yeah. What show is this again? Altered Carbon. Did I not yell at you to watch it? Oh yeah. Netflix. Uh, no, I don't. I don't remember. Maybe here's here's what I'll say about it. Um, and and once you watch it, we can we can definitely talk about it. I was so interested in the world of that show, but I cared far less about the actual story that we were being told. If that makes sense. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, we'll we'll get into that. Let's 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 we we've spent a long time on on sort of the suicide of it all, um, which is super exciting. Um, <laughs> is there is there anything else we like? We have- I wanted to emphasize it's not just suicide. Is there? Okay. Well, there's a lot of concepts being explored. Yes. It is, and it, death with dignity is not suicide yeah. either. I mean, and what? Yeah. Like death with dignity is not exactly suicide either. It's just not doing anything to not die. Yes. That's not suicide. Yeah. So it's a, it's a complicated issue. DNR. Um yeah. I did like the not <laughs> the not pennies boat moment. Um I kind of, I feel like, I don't, you know, we have, all of us have like a lot of like fun little nuggets written out, um, like the cockroach to the raven, um, you know, the Wells Jaha ghost, uh, you know, we, we have like a lot of these like little bits of, of stuff, um, nothing super thematic. If anyone wants to like specifically um, note taking uh, or, you know, call out anything, otherwise, um, you know, we can maybe start to wrap it up. Oh. I want to point out too. Um, so when, okay, a Ilian's friend with the you guys saw a Knight's Tale, right? Mm-hmm. So a Knight's Tale they, was that the Heath Ledger one? Yeah, with Heath Ledger. Okay. I vaguely so remember it. A Knight's Tale was very like it's like a wannabe Sophia it's Coppola a movie, right? I think so. unless it's two thousands, <laughs> it could be two thousands. But um, so it's like a. Back when, in the time of, like, knights and, like, squires and all that shit. Um, but, like, everyone has, like, these, like, randomly modern styles. So, like, when I saw Ilian's friend with, like, the hair bobs, like, the very intricate hair, I was like, oh, my God, this is a knight's tail. She has a knight's tail hair. Um, <laughs> anyways, so I was amused by, ba- by that. But the best part was when they confront her without Ilian and she just like slices and dices them up. She tried like, not to. She tried. She tried. Um, but then Ilian walks in with his like his jar with a presumably like a butterfly in it. And he's just like he is the definition of like Troy pizza um, community <laughs> gift. Like, like walk into the room, it. everything is on fire. And, he's like, and Octavia's like shrug. My friends are dead. Like <laughs> I love that we went, like, from Octavia just being, like, everything's terrible, blah, blah, blah. And I think you actually have this in your notes, too, Shaheen. Like, you know, Octavia not wanting to kill anymore, blah, blah, blah. And now she's like, well, I've already, you know, now that I'm, now that I fell off the wagon, let's go fuck some shit up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Ilian is like, honey, you've been clean for a month. Yeah. And he comes and back and just like, like, brought you a butterfly. Fuck brought you a butterfly. Well, I killed five of your friends. So... <laughs> But like how they remain friends after that. And I was like, you literally killed like the last people he knew. Yeah, but who but who else is he gonna like have tender like they really set him up as like tender love? I bet he cries. He's Gina 2.0. Oh my god, he totally is. (laughs) And Blake's in their dramatic love interests. Um Can I point out two quick things? So First of all, like seriously, Sky Crew sucks at making deals. Yes, Kane is the worst fucking diplomat. <laughs> like, okay, whoever happens to be on location, they make a deal with them that they'll split the thing. 
I mean, the, and then the deals contradict each other. It's like you- at that point, I just kind of expect Sky Crew and Asgata to cut Sky Crew out and be like, you know what? We can't. These fuckers, they cannot get their yeah, shit. Yeah, and then they're like, there doesn't have to be any violence. Like, yeah, dude, there does because you promised both of them the bunker. <laughs> well, so, do you guys notice that? What now? Like. <laughs> It's, it's, they're just stupid um, and there's like just complete lack of coordination like Clark is making her own deals they don't Kane doesn't know about or doesn't care about or whatever Kane does or his own thing and then he's like no I will fix this it's like dude get your shit together this is like <laughs> yeah if there's one thing about the other clans is that at least they have like one thing that represents where they stand Sky Crew is just like, all right, well, what can we get Sky Crew today? has a terrible chain of command. They do. <laughs> yeah. Also, as, as the, doesn't have any. As the audience, we – Clark is, is, is the, you know, arbiter of truth. And then – but in practice, you know, it becomes Clark and sometimes Abby and sometimes Kane and maybe Jaha and, you know, whoever else is in the room. Yeah. Anyway, so and then the other thing is like there's – I like how there's a lot of continuity in this idea that – the war between clans was inevitable, mm-hmm. and the only the only thing preventing it was Lexa. Um, and this was like Cage Wallace said this in season two. He was like, the only reason Grounders stopped fighting was because of Lexa. If we kill Lexa, they'll go back to killing each other. Um, and then Indra repeated it in four oh nine. So uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's Lexa. Yeah. Well, speaking of Lexa, <laughs> I I had this memo where I was like, oh my god, Kane basically pulled the Lexa on Asgeta. Like, that's what happened. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, wow. Because, like, a lot of people... I was like, oh, oops. Yeah. So it wasn't even a blip for us when it happened. Like, when it happened, you're like, God damn it, Kane. But, like, remember how betrayed we all were when oh, Lexa totally. did it? Well, because we're, we're like, we were Sky Crew at the time. Like, mm. we were betrayed. Um, but Kane yeah. doing it like it's like, oh, our guys, oops. Um, <laughs> it's fun But it's also like when it. Lexa did it, it was like this epic thing. But the way they they the way Kane did it unsuccessfully, it was, unsuccessful. Like, it was unsuccessful. Big surprise. Like, there were no tears in his eyes when he did it. You know he and it was also like it was also just like uh, just it seemed like they just messed up. Like they didn't he didn't coordinate with Whoops. Clark or like yeah Clark didn't know Clark was like dude what the fuck is up with that you know like they just check with the other people who made deals before you know this, what this they just goes back to like, people not having fucking conversations every so, goddamn yeah. time do we think that clark so i got this vibe that clark was already gonna plan to cheat the bunker somehow like well, i mean she was already trying to do the the nightblood flame thing so yeah she was she was trying to take every like shortcut yeah so clark's a shady bitch and i'm into it yeah totally yeah, cool. uh, <laughs> and she's also the best murder justifier. Yeah, yeah. She's just like she looks into your eyes and give me a like, better choice. We do this, we do this, or we die. <laughs> we fight, or we die. And you're like, yeah, dude, we gotta kill all these people now. <laughs> I'm with you, Clark. Let's do it. Just <laughs> no one, yeah. no one deserves that. We gotta do this. Um, do you want to mention, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, um, Klexa all over your Balark. Uh, so do you just want to mention your Balark reunion that wasn't Bubs and then we'll move along to oh, our actually? Um, I don't want to like, you know, be biased though. We actually are getting a lot of like Twitter accounts that specifically like mention Balark either in their handle or in their like about or something like 
I, I wouldn't say that we are pro or anti Balark. If anything, I am barfing Becco all over our Twitter account and other non you know, <laughs> And I hate for it. <laughs> but like, I just think it's sort of funny that I'm like making jokes left and right on our Twitter, just trying to like mostly upset you. And yet all of the Balarkers <laughs> are just flocking to us. Well, I think that they know like what the earnest, earnest feelings are on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no we i would say that we are a very uh balanced podcast we we love clicks and we love yeah Black, so. i think that we're we want our characters to be happy wherever they find it but mostly space and we have our resident except for except for, for becco <laughs> because we want that one to be canon and game was- otp Oh, no. Anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail your balarkness. I don't want you to feel invalidated, Bubs. No, please, please. It, it's like no, it's like two seconds. I because because I'm the only person from the Balark fandom <laughs> on right now. Um, I just wanted to like mention because at the time it was like this big deal where you oh, know, at the time in the Balark fandom, like you're giving us the like an update yeah. on on the uh, yeah. scene. Got it. I give you like the four one one on the insight. So. Um, it was so Bullark is like 80% reunions at this point. So the fact that like we get to this episode and we're like, oh, thank God, we know that they're going to be together. Like, what's that going to like? What, are they going to talk? Oh, you know? And then we get to it and it's just like, they're like, hey, hey, what's up? Just like, <laughs> it was the most mundane shit I've ever seen. And so everyone was like, that's it? Literally, that's it? Like, <laughs> Um, so it was the, the Bullock reunion that wasn't, um, but I didn't hate it. Like on, on watching back and like not having any expectation whatsoever. I was like, eh, whatever. They're together. They're hanging out. They, they sought each other out. That's good enough. (laughs) I don't actually even remember it. When the fuck was this Bullock reunion? It was right before, um, Octavia comes in like a dramatico. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Again, it didn't even phase me. I was like, boop, boop. Yeah, that's one of those scenes when when Clark was like, "We fight or we die." Yeah, it was she was hypnotizing. Well, but Bellamy. this is like the thing that, like, no, it's it's Sky Crew always gets the fucking short stick for all the work they do. You know, like they they came down to the earth. Yes, they unleashed Allie, but they found out that like Prime Fire was coming because of Allie. Well, you know, like, how does anyone and expect they, the weather to work like without yeah, science right? people? Who killed Mount Weather, though? Sky Crew. Clark. Like, who? Clark. But, like, it was, like, a Sky Crew plan, you know? Like, they were the ones who were, like, we need to group up. We need to do this. Like, we're going to have an inside like, man. They the like, it was room. all them. Yeah. And then this thing, they find the bunker. They can run the bunker. And, like, the grounders are, like, well, we'll do this thing. We're going to fight to the death. Give us a like, minute. That, we've, got a, we've got a whole it's thing. It's just... You idiots! Like you morons! <laughs> what is with you guys? And like, it's it's just and I so love how disappointing. Like, uh, Ron is like, no, dude, war is too primitive. Let's do a I mean, conflict. At least, honestly, like they're showing some growth in that in that aspect. Killing baby steps, baby steps. Baby steps. We're, gonna, we're still gonna have a bloodbath, <laughs> but it like, but it's like a much smaller bloodbath. And it's, and speaking it's cool of, to watch. Of, speaking of blood, um, since since you guys already went over your well actuallys, 
Stop fucking fucking cl- like cutting your your palm, Clark. <laughs> oh my god! Like it's, first of all, she keeps cutting the same spot over and over, which you're gonna get infected and die. And then she's the gonna thing, give herself stigmata. Like, don't you need to use your hand for things? Like, not pervy things. I just mean things. Like checking like, Bellamy off. Yes. I think I think people think that if you cut it uh, up up on your like arm, it's that's like. You can like bleed out, but I think you actually if you cut it the way Wait, she does. You're not gonna bleed out. The way she does it, she, you're not gonna bleed out from that, even if you do it on your arm. Yeah, but cut cut the most like moving part of like like you should cut the outside of a forearm. Or the you inside. should not cut or the inside. Not the hand that like is constantly in yeah. motion. Like it's think about like the healing. Heal. Yeah. God damn it. And the fact that it happened repeatedly because she did the blood oath with Rowan. And then um it's did been she, what, like two weeks? What? It's been two weeks since that. Yeah, and then she did it. She didn't she do it in the fucking in Science Island, and then she did it again to prove that she No, no, she did it in front of Gaia. That's right. It was like, yeah, I'm a nightblood. And then she was like, look, I'm a nightblood, everyone, like in the throne room, and you're like, God damn it, Clark. Like that was the same spot. What are you yep. doing? Anyway. It's her blood pocket. <laughs> I'm grossed out. Um, <laughs> do we have any other thoughts? You guys didn't write anything out, down, but maybe maybe something has come to you about these episodes. Um, I mean, I wrote stuff down, but I I, I missed the Maxon moment. This oh, time when they around. were in the trunk. Yeah, and they were like, "Sup, sup? What, you want to you want to hang out later?" And it was like, "Yeah," and then it was like, "Okay, <laughs> we're gonna group hang and peel off." Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm excited for Octavia to start fucking shit up in Dial Die Merrily, um, and you'll you'll no. get some good art content with with the gun and the oh the, the angst. Yeah, that the was some good art angst, right? Oh, that, totally. Like, did that keep the fandom going? Was there a lot of fic about it? Um. Honestly, we had a really hard time with like her leaving him um, in ropes and then going and snuggling with Mila. Um, <laughs> it was like here's the thing: like rationally, that bondage turned her on, and then she was like, "Well, I know that I know that Nyla's a sure thing." So, <laughs> but no, it's like rationally, I, I like get it rationally, but even myself, I was like, "It stings! It stings so much." <laughs> um, already tied uh, up for you, Clark. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it was just it was a little too much. Okay. But the gun scene, the gun scene was um just chef's was kiss. Stuff. Chef's kiss. Just, oh yeah. Oh. Mm. <laughs> um. But like the the was sucky part about it was that that so we had that great gunsing angst um and then Bellamy still opens the door blah 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 um but then there's no like reprise there's no follow up to that like conversation <laughs> and then the next thing we have is like car flirting which doesn't make any sense and like so anyways I don't know that's weird. Cool. I mean, that's, you know, I I wonder if, like, when we get the fucking Balark reunion in in season five and Bellamy's just like, you don't really hurt my feelings when you pulled that gun on me. (laughs) Finally talk about it. Yeah, like, finally they just sit down and they're like, you know, I've been keeping a list over this past six years of every time that, like, I've wanted to, like, tell you that this hurt my feelings. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Any other other thoughts? Yeah. Wait, who's talking to who? I guess seven. Who? 
No, no, like like sitting around for six years and writing in your notebook, like thinking back on every single interaction that you guys had before. Oh, I see. They've got a lot of time on their hands. No time. Yeah. Um, TV shows to recommend. You stole mine. I know. I'm sorry. But we're, like, we're I don't really have much it to right talk now. about it. They, um, so, Capital Chick has made us watch The Leftovers. So we're- which, yeah, you're further along than I am. So I will say that, like, I probably wouldn't continue watching season one if you guys hadn't told me that it's way worth it to get to season two. Just because season one is just fuck. It's just so depressing. Very- it's not. I don't know. Like halfway through season one. Yeah, it's like just- you have to get like like it- two more episodes in. I mean, it's still like. Uh- the episodes are good like it's good tv but it's not like fun escapism TV. yeah it's not fun it's not fun to watch i'm not like <laughs> oh this is i feel light after watching this it's i need a palate cleanser before i go to bed or i'm just Seriously. gonna like lay awake and stare at the dark ceiling because <laughs> that is how my heart feels after this show um so you can speak a little bit more about the show well so yeah i mean right now what, I- what the quick premise. Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, five percent of the Earth's population just dis- what? Two percent? Two percent. Okay, two percent of the Earth's population disappears, and so we start off by seeing the reverberations of that. Um, so families that have lost like a family member or more, and so I when I first started watching the show, like years when it came out. I was like, okay, so this is just going to be like a mundane show about like what these people do after this happens. Um, what I did not realize was – no, it totally stays like sci-fi slash fantasy. Okay. There's this weird like fucked up things where you're just like, what is going on? Like I said in our group chat like several times, is fire a portal? Maybe at some point you'll like understand why I keep screeching that. It's okay. just like the, the void. It's a weird uh, show. It's got a lot of like – weird. but then it's also like just really like in real life like it's very gritty and real at the same time yeah i think that's that's what makes it special is that like it's so gritty and like real except what the fuck is going on like (laughs) um so yeah it's it's definitely interesting do you have access to someone's hbo go password shaheen well i was going to i have access to the episodes and i was going to watch them um but then my i destroyed my laptop and then oh but now you have your laptop back yeah so now yeah we'll see all right so maybe we'll maybe that'll be a show that we cover in the hiatus as well yeah all right do you have any shows to recommend shaheen we still want to do humans yeah i want to do humans and we'll have the expanse to talk about um i I feel like you're gonna have yeah the expanse will come out um i think the sunday before the hundred comes out yeah or maybe two weeks before. Um, and Rick and, and Morty I'm, I'm is sure. up in the air, as always. What is? Rick and Morty. Oh, um, yeah. Are you watching anything else right now? Not really. Um, okay. I've watched Harmon Quest like 50 times. <laughs> Except the last two episodes of season two, because I have uh, trypophobia. What, what is that? And what is <laughs> the episode? Uh, trypophobia is this this thing um it's fear of things uh images or objects that have a lot of holes or bumps okay that's what i thought but i wasn't sure is it it is an episode about coral no they just get all these wounds on their bodies um the sort of these sorts of runic marks these cliffs 
uh, attached to the bodies and they they burn them on that spot and it's such just like it's it yeah it's gross <laughs> <laughs> um well in the meantime definitely get on watching the leftovers but yeah. i also i'm also really curious about your take on altered carbon okay i'll add that to the list um, all right. Does anyone else have anything else uh, that they want to mention before I say goodbye? No. Jaheen? Uh, no, I'm good. No? Okay. Okay. Well, um, thanks for listening to whatever the fuck podcast this was. Um, like for <laughs> 3000 technical difficulties and me hitting the wrong buttons. And I don't know what we talked about. Maybe it was entertaining. And we like, went on to like a 15 minute talk about like the ethics of suicide. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Um, if you didn't, or if you did come yell at us on one of our many platforms, um, you can re- don't forget to read, uh, the very lengthy thread about my alien crack pot theory, um, on Twitter. I'll probably repost that one. Cause it's, I'm pretty proud of it. Um, thank you. Thank you. Um, and next time we'll be back. Uh, we do have a special guest for next time. Um, should that be teased or well, whatever. Um, Selena Wilkin from Hypable will be join, joining us for our next set of episodes, season four, episodes 10 through 12. Um, so that should be mid April. Um, yeah. That's awesome. All right. Cool. Uh, all right. Bye everyone. All right. Take it easy, guys. Bye. Bye.